Blog Talk Radio. Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, April the 26th. As we like to do once a week, we'll be chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Lots to get into, as always, when we chat with our friend Bill. So let's uh, let's get right to it. Bill, we're about to get a huge rainstorm here in North Texas. It's been rainy kind of all day, but it's supposed to really happen in about a couple of hours. So if you see me swimming somewhere uh, on the TV tonight, then you'll know that uh, you know that the rain was coming, Bill. Well, you know, that's what happens to you people who drive uh, internal combustion engine cars. That's right. I mean, obviously, right. this is caused by your car. Uh, yes. Al, Gore per- Al Gore personally told me that. And we're just going to have to go along with what they say. And, and I'm, I'm, I've just ordered my electric car. Uh, I ordered it from an electric train manufacturer named Lionel, and my car should be here in about two days. It, 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 it takes one passenger, uh, mostly a mouse, and but yeah. I like it. I, I love my car already. Well, you know, speaking of that uh, electric car, Bill, I just saw a story. Uh, you reminded me of a story I just saw a couple of days ago. Some lady had a, a, a Chevy Volt, which I guess it's one of the many options, in the electric car business, and when she she went to change her battery, it was like a huge amount of money. And yes. I wonder if that's the way it is with electric cars, that everybody who buys an electric car at some point is going to regret it because they're going to have to buy this huge battery to replace the one they have, Bill. Well, that that apparently is it. I, over a thousand dollars, from what I understand. Now that's yeah. at today's prices. So presumably, as electric cars become more popular, that that price will go down. But the reality is, the, the most exciting thing I read about uh, uh, the so-called green energy bit in the last week was a story about several of the big commercial oil companies working on fuels that can be used in today's engines that dramatically reduce emissions. Now, to me, that's important. It's important because they're actually doing the work. Right. Uh, and, and apparently it's going very well. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we could go on and have the equipment we have simply by reducing uh, the emissions, uh, you know, putting a big dent in what they consider a problem and not have to spend trillions and trillions of dollars on so-called green energy cars. That could, These cars are going to bankrupt American families. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to live as well as they did because of somebody's theory. And I think, right. we, you know, after the pandemic and all the bad advice we got to keep children home from school, you'd think they'd be more careful about making these grand statements that if we don't do this, the Earth will come to an end. I mean, we're going to all go flying into space. 
There right. just seems to be a level of irresponsibility that is unprecedented. The people who are supposed to control this and, and, and study it for us are the people in the news media, and they're just not doing the job. No, they're not. In fact, the other day, Bill, was the anniversary of Earth Day. I'm sure you, I'm sure you put out your little flag uh, on Earth Day, oh. Bill. <laughs> I'm sure you put your little flag out there. But anyway, uh, it, it, anniversary of Earth Day, uh, the Earth Day, 1970, and somebody printed a list of all the predictions that they made, not just on Earth Day, for like for the second half of the 20th century, and. Every one of those predictions turned out to be wrong. There wasn't even one prediction, Bill, one, one single prediction that turned out to be right. Every one of these alarmist predictions turned out to be false. So I just have a hard time believing these people anymore, Bill. Well, I fully agree with you. I remember the first Earth Day, uh, and uh, <laughs> I remember walking in, in Manhattan and uh, there were these uh, – uh, the, in this particular situation, it was mostly women who were walking around with these grim looks on their faces to the extent that you could see their faces because they all were wearing these big surgical masks. Now, nobody had mandated it, but they were demonstrating, sending the virtue, you know, virtue signaling that they understood pollution and they understood what was happening. So they were going to wear masks and have these grim looks on their faces. But it's, it, it, is, it is frightening because it shows you how easy it is to change people's behavior. And I'm sure that many of the people whose behavior was changed, were changed were people with very good educations. It doesn't matter. They get caught up in this stuff. Uh, right. And you're absolutely right about the number of predictions that have gone wrong. Uh, we remember during the pandemic, when Anderson Cooper would get on CNN and say, we're following the science. Well, we later learned that the science is very contentious, that there were different points of view among scientists, and that we were following whichever one seemed to be most fashionable at the time, not the one that turned out to be correct. Uh, right. I, you, I, I just think they, that the people who claim to be our guardians, the people in the news, which would you know, brush things up a little bit. You know, get, get well, I think, Bill, we were... Yes, I think we were we were following whatever science uh, uh, made made it more difficult for Trump to be reelected. That was uh, that's true. That was the yeah, science that everybody was into. You know, if it if it hurt if it hurt uh, the reelection of Donald Trump, we have to follow that science. That was uh, I think uh, looking back at that right now. But speaking of CNN, you mentioned CNN a minute ago. It's been a rough week for a couple of people. Uh, Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson. Now, Lemon, I'll go with him first. Uh, I think Don Lemon was predictable. I mean, the the guy is is uh, you know he's not clicking. You know, he's not bringing in the the ratings as they like to say. (laughs) And he had become, frankly, a problem for CNN. It's it's hard to pay people that kind of money. If nobody's watching, so I'm not. No, nobody's watching you, so I'm not surprised about Don Lemon. I had a feeling that he was going to go sooner or later. And honestly, Bill, I wouldn't be surprised if another big name goes out on CNN because that network is in deep audience problems. I mean, I was that's right. I was looking at some of the numbers a couple of days ago, Bill. The day after Tucker Carlson was fired, I saw the numbers. These numbers that they put out about the rate, you know, how many people were watching. And Fox still was number one. 
but they they didn't do as well in in that 7 p.m. or Tucker Carlson's uh, time slot. But the CNN ratings were the same, just as bad. Um, some programs were don't even do a million people on prime time. So That's I'm right. not surprised that Tucker. I mean that that uh, Don Lemon went, or I, and I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else goes. But Tucker Carlson, I think, was a bit more complicated. Bill, I I didn't really watch him that much. Uh, I thought sometimes he was a little bit like the Twilight Zone. You know, he had a lot of very interesting things. But didn't necessarily were not necessarily things that I was interested in. But he had some some very interesting uh, segments that he would do. But sometimes I thought he was a bit edgy. You know, he would take things to a limit. Yes. But, you know, I, I don't know if you if you reacted the same way to to Tucker Carlson, but uh, you know, I I wish him well. But I think he's going to make a lot of money, Bill. Now because there the business is changing. I'm kind of going a little long winded here. Bear with me for a second, but. The business is really changing, and oh, yes. the cable news that we, let's say, used to watch 10 years ago is not going to be the same from now on. And I think what you're seeing is the emergence of a lot of independent uh, agencies like Bill O'Reilly has one, uh, Glenn Beck has one. And these people are making more money now or as much as before. I'm, Tucker Carlson is going to make a ton of money when he goes independent, Bill. So that's kind of a long-winded presentation on my part, Bill. I'm anxious to hear your thoughts. Well, uh, you know, he probably will make a ton of money, a ton of money. although let's remember the case of Bill O'Reilly, who was uh, uh, Fox's big star at 8 o'clock at night, uh, and uh, he was removed from the network because of, I think, sexual harassment charges, and he's kind of faded away. He, he, I think he worked somewhere. But uh, it did not really work out all that well for him. Uh, he had made millions before, so I'm not sitting here worried about him. But it depends now on the audience. My feeling about Tucker Carlson is this. I think he started out well. He presented a conservative position, uh, presented a pro-Trump uh, position at times. But in recent months, I was saying this ironically to my wife just last week. I said, I think Tucker has gone a little crazy. His discussions on foreign policy became amateurish. He would scream at the audience. Uh, he would uh, blame the, quote, the neocons, which uh, uh, the bugaboo in Washington for all our problems. Uh, he didn't seem to be as prepared as he was uh, only a year ago. Uh, he would have on some serious guests uh, during the pandemic who were contrarian, and he handled them very well. Uh, asked uh, intelligent questions. But in recent times, he seems to have gotten completely unhinged and undisciplined. And apparently, from what we hear, and again, I was not there. I'm only repeating what I read. Uh, and that is that apparently internally within Fox, he was becoming a pain in the neck and was doing things and saying things that were inappropriate. The, the full truth, I hope, will come out at some time. But I believe that what the uh, Murdoch family did, and I, I don't doubt that they, nothing they would not fire uh, uh, Tucker Carlson without the Murdoch's permission uh, they are the people who essentially own the place and I think they felt he, it just isn't worth it anymore and that he is yeah. just too much of a burden and this is the kind of thing that has happened before in different uh, areas related to television mm -hmm. I know that there mm -hmm. are some actors and actresses who've destroyed their careers because of bad behavior uh, behind the camera uh, and uh, or uh, you know th becoming prima donnas, uh, throwing tantrums, uh, being uh, insubordinate.
to people who, who whom they presumably work. It's not the first time it's happened. It won't be the last. Uh, I think that uh, what CNN, uh, not CNN, but Fox is doing right now in rotating hosts is probably trying out new people who could take over right. on a permanent basis. And that's exactly the right thing to do. Well, that's what they did with Bill O'Reilly. When Bill O'Reilly yes. left, uh, they tried out different people and ended up with Tucker Carlson. But I, I didn't watch his show uh, every night because I, I thought he was a little bit further. I'm not sure what direction, whether he was further libertarian or further to the right than I am. But I thought he was into a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff like that that I thought were interesting but not necessarily what I wanted to focus on. I'm more interested in things like the debt limit and, uh, you know, the, the the issues that we see, you know, recruiting in the Army and that kind of thing. I was more interested in those kinds of issues. The other thing, too, and this came out, I think it was Bill O'Reilly who mentioned this, uh, and I do follow O'Reilly, by the way. He's got an independent agency, and he's doing pretty well. Mm. And I am a subscriber to his uh, to his agency, but... Uh, O'Reilly mentioned something very interesting. He said that Carlton did have a big audience, but not necessarily uh, the best ad revenue, because a lot of advertisers didn't advertise in, on his show. Yes, so he correct. had a big audience, but not necessarily uh, that audience was not really bringing in the kind of money that, let's say, that brought in when O'Reilly had a similar audience, Bill. Yes, that uh, that's absolutely correct. That's that's uh, also been discussed that uh, some ad advertisers shied away from him because they thought he may be using code language that was racist or code language that was you know somewhat anti-Semitic. Uh, whether that's true or not, I think it's very hard to, to judge. Um, he he was beginning to annoy people. I also thought his com comments about foreign policy were amateurish. Were becoming really amateurish. Uh, he seemed to want the good old days of isolationism. Uh, he uh, talked about, quote, endless wars. We haven't been involved in endless wars. We've been involved in some efforts that may have been poorly chosen or poorly executed. But, I mean, the, the idea that all the people in the establishment are warmongers, which he seemed to feel, is not true. And after a while, you, you just wanted to turn them off and turn on to something else. The problem is... This was an opportunity for CNN to gain back viewers it had lost, and it blew the opportunity. Because when you right. turned over to CNN, if you didn't want to watch Tucker, what you were getting was the anti-Trump network. Trump is bad. <laughs> Trump is in this kind of trouble. Trump is, a, is, a, is an evil man. Let's look at this woman's charge against Trump. There are, there are other things going on in the world. Uh, CNN uh, uh, coverage of Ukraine has been excellent. I think uh, they're to be praised for that. But when it came to domestic news, and I think it's still true, and they have some very good people at CNN, but it seems to be basically uh, a, a Democratic Party network. Uh, right. I mean, they've done their best to cover for uh, the, uh, the president. They've done their best uh, to cover for Kamala Harris, which is almost impossible, but they've, they've done it. And I just I, I get the same feeling I've had before, that while there are capable people there, I'm not getting the full story. And we have well, a 24-hour news cycle. Yes. You want the full story. That's right. No, you're right. And, and one of the things that I, I have to admit, that one of the things that would really turn me off with people like uh, Tucker uh, is when, when they start talking about these endless wars, that exactly what you were talking a minute ago, and they start talking about – 
you know, Iraq. Well, we haven't been in Iraq in 10 years. I don't know what endless war they're talking about. Yes. And Afghanistan, um, I was in favor of leaving troops in Afghanistan. I think we're seeing now uh, with Afghanistan turning into a, uh, you know, a terrorist haven again, that we should have left troops in Afghanistan. So, you know, when they, when they start talking about endless wars and all these warmongers and all these people that just want to your, send your kids to war, well, I don't think that's true. I mean, you can second-guess George W. Bush all you want about the Iraq war, but uh, what des- decision would they have made in 2003? I mean, your country was just attacked on 9-11, and everybody's telling you that he's got weapons of mass destruction. Do you give him the benefit of the doubt, or do you take yes. him out? Do you want Iraq to turn into another North Korea? I mean, look at North Korea. The only reason North Korea is relevant is because they have a they have a bomb bill. You take away that nuclear exactly bomb, right. and they wouldn't exist five minutes. That's right. And the the economy of South Korea is booming. Uh, under capitalism and under freedom, and the economy of North Korea is, is, is not booming, but they have the atomic bomb. You're absolutely correct. It's a good way of putting it. And that is the same with Iran. Iran is moving toward a bomb. The idea that they would ever stop moving toward a bomb was almost childlike. I mean, when you have the capacity to get that bomb, and you have invested all of this in laboratories, in experiments, in development of ICBMs to carry the bomb, you're going to get the bomb. And we are completely unprepared to dealing with it because we have a president who keeps saying, I will never let them get an atomic bomb. Well, somebody, I wish some reporter would say, Mr. President, what if they do get it? What would your action be? I haven't heard that question asked once. And so I put a great deal of blame for our current condition on the press, a press that should be doing its job and is not. Right. No, I think you're right. I think I mean, I wish Tucker well. He seems to be a nice fellow from what I hear, but and he's going to make a ton of money because he'll go independent and he he'll I'm sure he'll get a couple million subscribers to his whatever he does and he'll make a lot of money and I wish him well, but I would like to see uh somebody on that spot at at Fox News like this fellow that uh, checks in from time to time, uh, the morning guy, the, the guy who's in the morning. I can't think of his name right now, but um, he also he's also on the radio too. I can't think of his name, but he's, he's a pretty level-headed guy. That's kind of what I like to see, more of a level-headed conservatism, yes. uh, which I think would be more suited for me. But anyway, that's uh, enough on Tucker. Uh, we got a president, Bill, who's running for re-election, and he... Let me ask you a question. You've seen a lot of re-election uh, announcements, uh, I suppose, maybe a few more than me. Do you remember anybody doing it by video at midnight, Bill? No, I don't. And it, and it unfortunately seems to be a repeat of what they did uh, in the 2020 uh, uh, election. And that is they're keeping him as far away from the actual public, from the living public, uh, as they can. And apparently the intent is that uh, he will go all the way to the nomination without having any serious challenges uh, and that uh, he will be elected president and they will basically keep him under, uh, uh, undercover and have other people speak for him, which is what we ha- essentially have today. Today he does do some public speaking. Sometimes it's appropriate, but often it is not appropriate. He doesn't know where he is. He walks in the wrong direction. Uh, he uh, misuses phrases. 
And then if you look at the alternative, should the president, for example, decide to leave office or should something force him out of office, the alternative is Kamala Harris, who, I mean, you look at her, you listen to her, and you say, I don't want this woman's finger on the nuclear trigger. I mean, a, a great nation like this could do better. It really can. The Democratic Party is really in trouble. They are in a terrible dilemma because they are backing a candidate who is obviously impaired. And it doesn't take a doctor's note to tell you. All you need is a television screen. Uh, and right. I think that the, 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 the uh, polls all show the same thing, that there is a tremendous lack of confidence in President Biden and people wish he wouldn't run. That's no way to go well, into a campaign. No, not at all. And and I think uh, that's, you know, this is a superpower. I mean, I think we need something a little bit more serious than what we're getting from from this White House. Um, and and it just it just amazes me that they that they think that they're going to be able to to do a campaign without debates again. But I don't know. Robert F. Kennedy, I don't really know anything about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Obviously, he's got a famous name. Uh, but he seems to be making a lot of noise, and he he could force him into into a debate bill, and and that would be awful to watch, to watch a guy like Kennedy take on Biden. He could just destroy him, Bill. Well, he possibly could. I I, I I'm not that confident. He his name is Kennedy, but let's be frank about it. The last time the Ken, the Kennedys were in presidential politics was 1968. I mean, and, and most people in this country were either not alive then or too young to remember. I don't mm-hmm. think the That's name true. Kennedy, res- the, the came Kennedy has anywhere near the resonance that it had even 30 years ago. <laughs> That's, not, That's a long time. Also, if you hear him speak, he has some kind of speech defect or voice defect, uh, and he, he really does not come off very well. Uh, he seems to be something of a conspiracy theorist. He is making some noise. He, I think he stood in 17% of the polls, uh, one poll recently, because his name is Kennedy. And to an older generation, right. maybe, they, maybe they think this is one of the great Kennedys. Name, name recognition always gets you a certain number of points in the polls. I can't see him really being a serious threat, but I could be very wrong. Uh, I, I think the more likely thing, you know, I was uh, at, lunch, at lunch today with a, a political friend of mine, and we both asked the same question. What would happen if uh, President Biden runs with Kamala Harris as his vice presidential candidate, and he wins, and then something happens to him between the election and the inauguration? Kamala Harris would become president immediately under the law, but what happens on Inauguration Day? She wasn't elected to that office. She was elected as vice president. Does she, do, we, do we run a new election? I don't know what the law says. I'm going to look it up. But that is yeah. a, a possibility that I think we have to consider, that, the, that, that winning the election may be only the start of, uh, of, uh, of President Biden's new troubles. He is impaired. Yes. We've noticed the change in the last year. The election is more than a year away. Indeed, it's a, it's a year and about four or five months away. We have to assume there'll be more deterioration. These things don't go in the other direction. And, and what happens then? What happens right. then? I, I, I don't think that the commentators have dealt with these things. I think we're in a situation that 
the, that the, the party feels it is trapped into Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. That's because it. the alternative, if he were to resign and she were to become the presidential candidate, I think there's a, a very widespread feeling that she is not the person they want to put up as president. No, I think you're right about that. You're right about that. But I think you're right. They're sort of stuck with Biden, as somebody said. But the one newspaper bill that has come out very directly with this question of age was the Wall Street Journal. They had an editorial this week. I think it was Monday morning or Sunday morning, uh, probably Monday morning more than likely, because I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that the Wall Street Journal uh, – does Sunday edition, but they came out and very clearly said they came out and very clearly said that he's too old. I mean, they were very direct yes. in, in how they in how they how they wrote that editorial, and they simply said he's too old, and he simply he cannot handle a second term. I'm not sure he can even handle the remainder of this term because, as you say, you know, Bill, he reminds me. I wanted to say this, and I have to be careful how I say it because I don't want to offend anybody. But everyone has seen somebody like this in their families, yes, uh, where right. they have you know, a person, a grandfather, an uncle, a friend, uh, a father-in-law, who begins to deteriorate like this. We saw this with our grandmother, my father's mother. We saw this with her. And she didn't get any better. She lasted for about 10 years, but she was just going down all the time. I mean, it was obvious. It was painful to see her going down, uh, right. her memory, everything. So this is, this is not going to get better for him. I don't know how to say it, Bill. not going to get better. And, again, I'm not offending anybody. If anybody out there has had a family member like that, I thought it was very painful when it was happening to my grandmother, Bill. Yes. Well, you're absolutely right. Everyone has seen this. And the question has to be, what comes first here? What comes first to any responsible citizen will be the well-being of the United States, not the well-being of Joe Biden. Uh, he's uh, In a democracy, a leader is expendable. I hate to put it in such blunt terms, but I, I think that we have a right to ask the question, can't we do better? Now, what is interesting here is that there was an antecedent to this, and yet the I press does not talk about... No, okay. go ahead. I'm sorry. Something Some happened echo. There. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, I'm amazed it's that technology, nobody has... technology, Bill. Climate change is. is affecting the phone but, lines. But no question about that. And uh, <laughs> what, what happened before, and it is amazing nobody on the 24-hour news network has brought this up, is the 1944 presidential election. Mm-hmm. The, let's set the stage. It was the middle of World War II. President Roosevelt was in his third term, about to run for his unprecedented fourth term. Uh, we were, he was the commander-in-chief of victorious armies that were now beginning to end the war in victory in both Europe and the Pacific. But people looked at him. He didn't take, didn't take a doctor's note, and they realized the man was dying. They'd seen this, as you pointed out, in their own family. They'd seen that coloration. They'd seen what a person looks like when they are fading away, uh, and it, it became obvious that whoever was vice president was going to become president. And they looked at the vice president of the United States. This is the middle of World War II. His name was Henry Wallace. He was uh, highly respected as an individual, but he was a man who had 
drifted and drifted more into the Soviet orbit uh, in his in his work, and they realized this man was too far to the left to become president of the United States. And it was the congressional leaders, and I believe with the encouragement of President Roosevelt or his acquiescence, who began to look for a replacement to, in effect, decapitate the vice president of the United States in the midst of a world war and bring in someone who could succeed President Roosevelt appropriately. And, of course, the man they chose was Harry Truman. And Mr. Wallace was taken off the ticket. Uh, and uh, the search for the, his successor was conducted quietly by congressional leaders. They had other names in mind. But Harry Truman had proved himself as a very able United States senator. And they recommended him to the president. The president accepted the recommendation. And the rest, as they say, is history. And Harry Truman indeed became president of the United States only three months after President Roosevelt was inaugurated for his fourth term. Uh, the president was inaugurated on January 20th of 1945. He died on April 12th of the same year. And Harry Truman, the, the choice of the congressional leaders, being vice president, became president of the United States. It is amazing nobody talks about this. The situation right. was so similar. A, a, a fading president, a vice president who was considered unacceptable, and what the leadership of the United States did. You'd think history began two weeks ago. We depend on our news networks to give us relevant history, not one mention. I can't believe it. That's right. No, I think that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful the wonderful story because you're right. I think everybody understood that the guy in charge, who, who was very popular, he was reelected the fourth time, so he was popular. Although, as I understand, the numbers the fourth time were not as high as the ones before. Uh, that's what I understand. But I mean, he did win. He did win. But I think the country knew that he wasn't going to make uh, make it, and they needed somebody else. Actually, Bill, I would feel a lot better about Joe Biden running for re-election if there was a different vice president, somebody that who was more presidential. And, and that, that yes. would make me at least feel a little bit better in case that he won. Let's take a little break, Bill. We'll be back uh, with more right after this. Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas. Once again, the music of my good friend uh, Carlos Guedes uh, there in the, in the background. Let's get back to our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Uh, Bill, I wanted to say one more thing about uh, Biden, or President Biden's re-election video or his campaign before we get to other topics. Uh, there's an editorial today or an, a column that I saw today by a fellow named Philip Wegman, W-E-G-M-A-N-N. -N. I'm not familiar with the writer, but I thought he wrote a really good piece saying that the, the campaign is going to be all about Trump and all about abortion, because that's all they have. 
That's all they have. Yes. So they're they're hoping to energize people on abortion, and again uh, about about Trump. Uh, they could probably energize people on Trump, and they could probably energize people on abortion. Uh, I don't deny that they can do that, but I, I just don't feel that they're going to be able to get away with, with the 2020 hiding him in the basement. I just don't think they can get away with that again, Bill. I mean, the last time it was a very close election, as you know, and this time people have the opportunity to compare the two. If it is Trump, and it may very well be Trump, uh, they can at least compare the two and say, well, you know, Trump wasn't that bad compared to what we have, Bill. Well, that's true. The Democratic Party does not have much to run on. Uh, it has a base that is much too far to the left uh, for, for the American people, and they're going to have to keep that base under some control. I think they will run on the abortion issue because it has been so successful for them, at least in the midterm. But let's let's remember, a midterm is only a midterm, and uh, only the most uh, devoted uh, voters come out. Uh, I don't know if it will be that effective by next year because the Republican Party will certainly come up with some mainstream acceptable policy on abortion. Uh, I think uh, Nikki Haley kind of led that. Uh, in her comments over the last day to say that I am pro-life, but uh, I can understand how other women feel, and we must respect uh, the the rights of everyone, and something along those lines that, well, our party will be pro-life, but we understand that there are differences and we must respect the American people. I think they, they can, if not neutralize it, at least weaken the issue for the Democrats. As far as running against Trump, there's no question about that. You can ask the question this way. For those people who despised Trump and refused to vote for him the last time around, what has he done so far in his campaign to win them? And he's done nothing. He's done nothing. He's the same obnoxious uh, man with a big mouth, excellent analysis of the issues. This is what is so frustrating. He has already been president. We can look at his record. It was a much better record than Biden. It, I mean, Biden isn't in the same category as a man who can analyze an issue and then do something about it. And he can ask legitimately, uh, uh, Mr. Trump can, are the Reagan question, are you better off now than you were four years ago? And I think most people would say no. Uh, and, most, and when the Republicans get started and pointing out the things that Trump did, it will be very powerful but the weakness is Donald Trump himself. Uh, he is a man who has what I call the Nixon gene. He can't control his dark side. And what he should be doing if, if he is running against Biden is he should become the statesman. He should make speeches about what he accomplished, where he disagrees, and ask the, the American people, do you really want to go on with what we have now when we can have something? But that's not Donald Trump. He'll start attacking viciously. He'll start making snide remarks against, against people in his own party. I mean, he'll right. go after Mitch McConnell. All the, all the things he doesn't have to do to get elected president. And I don't know what the result will be. My fear is that he will win the nomination and lose the election. And the right. Republican Party will be, will be an absolute mess. Now, and there has to be someone in the party strong enough to sit down with Donald Trump or a committee the same kind of committee that sat down with Richard Nixon and said, Mr. Nixon, you're going to be removed from office unless you resign. And they gave it to him directly. Someone has to give it to him directly. Maybe it should be his daughter and say, you can't go on being as, as hateful as you are 
where people just can't stand you personally, even though they may like your policies. Every poll shows that on the issues, the Republicans are way ahead, but they are stuck with Donald Trump. Now, uh, maybe they won't be stuck with Trump because here's the other issue, and it's a big one. We can ridicule and dismiss the prosecutor in Manhattan who uh, had him indicted on this ridiculous, trivial charge and say, you know, the, the country won't go along with that. But there are other prosecutors at work, and you may be sure that they want to time the results of their work to coincide with the election campaign. Right. The one in Georgia, the one in Georgia is one. Uh, there are apparently investigations in Washington, new investigations in New York by the Attorney General of New York State. If, if uh, indictments begin to be built up, no matter how political they may be, they may, well, how dishonestly motivated they may be, it can destroy Trump. There's a point where the American people will say, do we really want to elect a man who can go to prison? And they right. may say, you know, Joe, Joe Biden isn't that bad. Well, and, and that's the thing. And that's the frustrating part, really, uh, about, the, you know, Donald Trump as a candidate for reelection or for a second term. Uh, that's really the problem that, you know, many of us wish he was talking about his record, which yeah. I think would stand out, would shine compared to to the record of of, of Joe Biden. I mean, it's not even close. Uh, how much better he was as president. All you have to do is look around. I mean, just look around. Um, you look at one issue you wrote You wrote today in, uh, over at Urgent Agenda, you wrote about uh, the recruiting uh, for the armed forces. You know, we, we, are a, we have a great army. We have volunteers who sign up for the army, like I had one of our sons volunteer for service uh, almost 10 years ago when he volunteered for service and he served and he was uh you know like many thousands if not millions who've done that but at the moment those young men are now showing up at the recruiting office bill and that's, that's creating right. a real problem now not just in terms of meeting quotas but in terms of having a force if we have to go to war what are we going to do draft young men is that what we're going to have to do uh, mm. apparently if we don't recruit them the way we normally do, this is something to my knowledge that was not happening under president Trump bill. This was not happening under president Trump. It is happening under president Biden. Maybe there's a connection between his administration and the unwillingness of young men and women, I should say, to sign up and register uh, bill. Well, you're everything you say is absolutely correct. I think the issue with the armed forces is an extraordinarily important one. It doesn't resonate with young people, but it does resonate with older people. And as in any election, it's, the election is about numbers. Who can get the most numbers? The, 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 the background of the voter isn't important. What's important is that is whether that voter will vote for our side or the other side. Uh, the, the situation of the armed services is critical because we know that our enemies are watching, and they are watching a nation that is projecting weakness and confusion. And that often gives dictators, bad guys, uh, what they consider to be an opportunity, and that could be trouble. And it could be, you know, uh, my editor at the New York Times, when I worked for the New York Times, always used to say, Americans must understand that what happens in Southeast Asia can result in the drafting of a boy in Des Moines. And that's true. And that's what Americans must be 
taught to understand again if they have forgotten that this is serious stuff that can impact their families directly within a matter of days. Uh, and if, if, if Trump can get across the idea that we are flashing weakness, I think it will lead to his gain as long as he presents, presents it in a statesmanlike way. Right. And that's it. Somebody was using the analogy, Bill, of Winston Churchill. You know, he lost. Yes. And then when he came back, uh, he refined uh, his message a little bit. You know, he wasn't, uh, you know, the old Winston with his, uh, uh, you know, the way he talked before. He refined uh, himself a little bit. And that's what I wish Trump would do. If he would just refine that message a little bit and sound more presidential and stop you know, stop garbage. I mean, stop the garbage. Like, you know, when he was president, Bill, I used to get angry with Donald Trump uh, going after reporters who didn't have an audience. I mean, he was going yes. after CNN and nobody's watching CNN. So what are you, right. why are you arguing with Jim Acosta when the only, the only way that Jim Acosta or Don Lemon get any publicity or the woman, the women in the view, the only time they get publicity is in, when you respond to the stupid things they're saying, Bill. That's right. Well, it, it's been said many times that the worst thing that happened to CNN was Donald Trump losing. They need Trump. Trump, Trump they were the anti-Trump network. Well, what if the, the guy you're against isn't there anymore? You're not going to get those, those listeners or viewers who, who wanted to cheer you on. And yes, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. He, I mean, he goes after people needlessly. Going after DeSantis and saying Florida is a terribly run state, it is not truthful. Everyone knows that DeSantis is a very effective governor. It was a foolish thing to say. Why go after a, a, a man? And of course, he lives in Florida. He's going, I live there. I know how badly right. run it is. Well, right. Of all the stupid things to say. Uh, but right. he does that. Uh, just as Nixon could not control that side of him, and if we go through another, uh, if we go through another um, uh, race between Biden and Trump, I think people, the voters, will come into that campaign very discouraged, very resentful that we don't have better candidates. And if they see a new Trump, if they see a Trump who discusses the issues like a thoughtful elder statesman. Trump will be okay. But if they see the old Trump who has, feels he has to kill everybody, they, I think, will go with Biden in the end. And that, that's what worries me. No, I, I agree with you 100%. That's what worries me, too, that he's going to lose another close election like the, the one before, yes. which, of course, would have a devastating impact on the Supreme Court, on the judges, and the other issues. Because, look, uh, we have now uh, one judge, Judge Thomas, who is, I believe, in his 80s. So he may be waiting for a Republican president to, uh, to get elected so that he can retire. And you never know. There may be other, other openings uh, in the Supreme Court. The judges, too, are very important overall. Uh, and in order to get things done, you've got to have a president who is going to sign what the Congress sends him. And if you have a Democrat, he's going to veto it, and then you don't have an, a way of overriding the veto. So there's got to be a Republican president, in my view, uh, to go take us in the right direction. Another thing you wrote you wrote uh, about today, Bill, or yesterday, was about this issue in the state of Washington and the school district. And this is another thing that's happened under President Biden, that he his uh, you know his acceptance, if you will of the left wing of the party has legitimized a lot of this crazy stuff 
like what you wrote about about music and racism. I mean, how crazy is that, Bill? But this is legitimate when you have a man like like Joe Biden in the White House who's in the pockets of all these left-wing groups, Bill. Well, you know, Biden in the Senate was kind of considered a lovable a lovable mediocrity. Uh he uh is not that lovable anymore. He is still a mediocrity. Uh as you say, he's involved with these left-wing groups, he's involved with business uh, affairs or through his son with with uh enemy nations. The press has been trying to cover for him disgracefully, really disgracefully, uh, and and he is a man who is fading away. And as we said earlier in the broadcast, that type of disease doesn't go in the other direction. It only goes, goes in one direction. And uh, we we have to ask the question. Here we are in the well, it'll be the beginning of May uh, later this week. And we are going to choose our new president in November of next year. A lot can happen in between, and I don't see anything really good happening. Uh, some economists yeah. are predicting a recession, which would uh, elect Trump, uh, unless he is so obnoxious that people can't can't vote for him. Uh, uh, we could be involved in a war, in a shooting war. Uh, we could be involved in some other crisis. Uh, we, I, I'm not in the habit of predicting the future, and I don't think anyone really should be, but this is going to be one of the most interesting periods in American political history. But as the Chinese say, and they consider it a curse, may you live in interesting times. Uh, the, we, are, we are going through a bumpy period. I always have an, a vision in my mind of those embassies along Massachusetts Avenue in Washington, and each day, somebody from the embassy, possibly a group, sits down and writes their impressions of what is going on in the United States and sending them back to their home governments. And I can just imagine what those impressions are today. Weak nations... Well, they cannot be very good. I'll tell you that right now. No, that's the point. Weak nation, yeah. not, de- not dependable, uh, erratic, uh, 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 mediocre politics... Uh, Congress that is deadlocked, uh, not something we can depend on as a, as a, as a country. I mean, the, the countries in Europe, we may, they may annoy us, and they do annoy us, and, uh, uh, but they are our NATO allies, and I think they're getting the impression that we can't be depended upon. The Chinese are moving heavily into the Middle East. And uh, the, it was Obama's wish that we move away from the Middle East and toward Asia. Well, that's nice. But what happens to the Middle East, which is a critical area? Well, the Chinese are getting active there. They negotiated mm-hmm. an agreement between Iran and Saudi. Didn't even tell the United States. Right. There is now talk. There is now talk about the Chinese becoming involved in the Arab-Israeli dispute and trying to settle it. If they can do that, they become the dominant uh, nation in the Middle East. And I don't know what our defense planners do then. Uh, that right. Is, well, that, they're also moving into Latin America, Bill. That's and true, that's, yes. uh, that's pretty scary. I, I guess somebody needs to remind uh, uh, the Biden administration that at one time in our history, we had something known as the Monroe Doctrine. Uh, right. uh, somebody needs to remind them a little bit of that. But um, it's just crazy. A couple of other stories, Bill. We're almost running out of time here. And I wanted to touch on a couple of things uh, Secretary Blinken and these 50 signatures, I'm sure you remember that that whole story uh, whenever, whenever that happened. I guess it was in October, uh, late October, when they, when they had the second debate between Trump and Biden. 
and Trump was was hitting Biden very hard on this laptop and the, and the Hunter Biden and all that story, and allegedly uh, somebody in the in the in the uh, somebody got this letter, these people to sign this letter, and the whole thing was orchestrated for political reasons. It obviously worked, but now Senate Secretary Blinken is in a little bit of trouble because he he, he may have been the mastermind of this. Do you think this is going to get serious, Bill? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, we are getting partial news, and uh, that is the thing that frustrates me most, especially if I know something about a subject, is that the, the – you know, it was Ben Bradley who said journalism is, is uh, history's first draft. The problem is we're not getting the second draft. So when I, you, you have to answer a lot of questions. I don't know. I mean, yeah. the things, things we think we knew turned out not to be true. There were things we thought we knew during the pandemic, and they turned out not to be true. So I think that uh, what, I, what I hope we are going to get is an elevated journalism in the next year. I don't think we will, but I wish for it because we need yeah. it now. Well, it would be nice if, if someone would ask uh, the Secretary of State about these signatures because – Oh, yes. You know, you had 50 people, so-called experts, who may have decided the election for Joe Biden. It was that close, Bill, you know, how close it was. And that Hunter Biden story in the last 30 minutes or in the last 30 days of the campaign, that could have turned the election the other way. I mean, the election was decided by 50,000 people in like five states. So that was a very close election. Yes, and 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 the polls show that it would have it would have flipped the election. Yeah, so I mean that to me is something that that should be considered. One last point, uh, Bill, as we run out of time, but I wanted to make sure that I want to get your your reaction to Mayor Adams, who doesn't seem to be a very happy person these days. Mayor Adams of New York City, he's complaining yes. about the migrants, and I feel sorry for the guy because he doesn't have a city council to work with. He doesn't have a governor or a state government to work with, and he's probably going to have a pretty big budget deficit to work with in that city with all the problems they're having. Um, I mean, what's your reaction? He came out recently attacking the Biden administration for the migrant crisis. He said uh, in an article that it's costing him $4 billion, Bill, or costing the city. Yes. He, He said it's killing New York. Yes, that's what he said, exactly. Well, he is. I think he's trying to do his best. He is not a, a, a skilled politician. Uh, he is something of an egotist. Uh, he even has talked occasionally about running for president. Uh, but he right. is he is right on a number of the issues, and he but and he is to the right of his party, and he gets no respect in Albany. Uh, the state legislature in New York uh, could easily be meeting in Moscow. I mean, these are real hard leftists who are running. The party, the city council of New York, which meets, by the way, about five blocks from Ground Zero, where the attacks of 9-11 took place, is even further to the left. We're not told that by the press in New York, which, which protects them, but he is dealing with public officials who will not give him the time of day, will not give him the funds that he needs, and will not give him the backing for what New York obviously needs, which is a cleanup of crime and a return, at least to some degree, of what New York was before the pandemic. 
because the city has a dead feeling about it, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's coming back. Well, it must be frustrating for Adams because, you know, the the city is having. I mean, you know better than I do that the city is losing taxpayers. Oh, uh, yes. And you've got you're losing taxpayers on one side, and you're you're assuming all these responsibilities. Four billion dollars is what he said. This is costing New York to to handle these migrants. These people are coming. Uh, you got to put them somewhere to live. You you know they don't. You got to take care of their health care because they don't. It's yes. not like they came over with private insurance policies. So you got to take care of their health care bill. Their kids have to go to school. So there's yes. a lot of things being dumped on him by the federal government bill. That's exactly right. And the federal government is showing no sympathy at all, none whatsoever. Uh, the federal government is run by people today who want those migrants in the United States because they see the migrants as the future of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And so the, the yeah. problems of, of New York mean nothing. They feel they have New York State all wrapped up, that it's a blue state, that nothing that the government does is going to change that, and that um, uh, all they have to do is ignore New York. They can even ignore California, and they'll still win. And I'm sorry to say they may turn out to be right. Well, they, you know, you're talking about what, 50 plus 20-something electoral or 30? I mean, you're talking about 80 electoral mm-hmm. votes. If you take mm-hmm. Illinois, New York, and California, you've got 100 electoral votes. Yes, I mean, do. that's you're, a lot of votes. That is certainly true. And, um, you know, it's going to be, for our side, a very tough election next year. They can't make any mistakes, uh, and they have to have the right candidate. But it is it, looking ahead, one sees a... a very, very high waves to try to get through. That's right. No, and, and I think you're right about the next six to nine months. Uh, the economy is going to get tougher, and inflation doesn't seem to stop. And the international crises just seem to be getting worse and worse. I don't know. It's really, uh, it's really frightening. And then you take a look at Joe Biden, and you're more frightened than you were before, Bill. So, I mean, it, it's just not a... Not a pretty situation. But you and I will be back together next week, Bill, and uh, we'll take a look at the scenario. We'll look at the scenario uh, when we get together uh, next week. But as always, thank you for your time, and have a great uh, week, and we'll catch up with Urgent Agenda, as we always like to do, Bill. Thank you so much, Silvio. I look forward to our next time. All right. Thank you so much. Our good friend, uh, Bill Katz, the editor of urgent agenda the world is a messy place and every time you look at joe biden uh you worry more and more we're about to get a huge storm here in north texas so if you know anybody in north texas uh well their phone lines may go out today you know that usually happens when you get a big storm thank you very much for listening this is uh, silvio canto in dallas